0: I've got nothing left to offer. And I was gauging that value based on my beliefs about what I thought other people's beliefs and ideas were going to be. Not even the value that I placed on myself. It was the value I placed on my ideas about what other people thought and had to say. And from that point, I said, well, I've got nothing left to add to the world. So the the most efficient thing for me to do is to just end my own life.
1: What is up, our fellow Legacy Ninja? Do you feel as if there's something more to life, but you're walking around and you just don't see it? You don't know what is available to you and you just feel lost, but you know there's something out there for you to create an impact. Maybe it's a matter of just opening up your eyes and looking around and flipping the perspective of how you're looking at life in regards to what's taking place. On this episode, we had the pleasure of having a conversation with Daniel Mangina, and he shares his experience. He shares that time when his perspective shifted, when he saw that there was more to life than what he was giving, and then the potential that he wanted to end his life But he got to the point working on his mindset, working on his perception, and it flipped. And so he has worked to understand that every impact that we make, every interaction that we have with somebody else, that is a new ripple that is being created that's going into the future in a time that's unknown. And so Daniel looks and sees that he has a big opportunity to create a big legacy and impact the lives of others. Help them to open up and start dreaming with their eyes open. So hopefully after you listen to this episode, you find something that you can go and run with and extract that nugget that you need and then start working to create your legacy. Again, thank you, our fellow Legacy Ninja, for joining us on this journey and allowing us to help you extract whatever that is for you to start building your legacy. Enjoy the episode, and we'll catch you later. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Scott Brant, Patrick Marikami, host of the Legacy Digging Podcast with Two Native Sons. Today we have on with us a special guest, Daniel Mangina, And we were introduced to Daniel through a good friend of ours, George Duvalis. He uh, brought up the idea that this would be a great opportunity to be introduced to Daniel, have him come and speak in regards to his view on legacy, what he's trying to accomplish, what he wants to bring to the forefront to the world and what he would like to see outlive his life and impact the, the audience that he has, the individuals that he interacts with. And we know, looking at what Daniel's done so far, he's just got some great things that he's been able to accomplish. Such a great individual. Grateful that we were introduced to him by George. And so, Daniel, go ahead. One thing when you look at this, when you're looking at your legacy, what point in life really was that turning point for you that opened up the door for you to start thinking about the legacy you wanted to create and leave on this earth after you are gone?
0: Well, first of all, thanks, guys, and also big love to to Papa G for uh, making the intro. Uh, big love to you, George. Um, here's the thing, guys. I thought I knew until I had a kid. Mm. I was convinced that I had a mission, I had a purpose, and I, had, I was going to leave beyond intention and all of the things, and then Ethan came along five months ago.
2: I was like, oh, well, that stuff's great. <laughs> Congratulations, man. That's so awesome thank you thank you so like,
0: yeah that's now go for it Patrick you're gonna say something
2: I was just gonna say you know how does it feel like with the accomplishments and the things that you've done how does that stack up to being a father because I remember for me there's a certain point when I realized like everything that I had done almost like I don't remember life before that so what is that like <laughs> for you man
0: do you know what is people always said oh yeah it's so great being a dad and a lot of my mentors, I talk about, you know, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Like, but you're doing these great things in the world. And they're talking about soccer. And one of my mentors, Nick, he's like, oh, he's, like always his kids are dancing. and I'm like, Okay, cool. And then Ethan came, this little yummy smelling thing. And I'm, it's like, do I have to work? I kind of just want to hang out with him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's like this morning, uh, we had to go and take him to get some documents. And then we, we went to, my wife and I went to a, just a little cafe and had a cup of tea, she had a coffee and, you know, I just took him out of his stroller and just watching him look around and taking the new environment. And one of the most hilarious things for me is that it came to mind that I don't remember what it was like to be a baby. My stepdaughter Mm. was five going on six. I don't remember what it was being five, but during that time is when who we are today actually became like the neural pathways that were beginning to be established Um, Like when Ethan was looking around, like I could see him like he soaked in that zone and then he looked that way and he soaked in that zone. and He's learning to be a human, but I don't remember what was happening when I was learning to be a human. So right now, what's actually happened. And I, I had an article about me in the Today blog that spoke to this, is that how I'm showing up every day as a man, how I'm showing up as a father, how I'm showing up as a husband, how I'm showing up as a son, is being learned by osmosis by this little human. Mm. And that's what my legacy is really going to be. Because how I'm living and how I'm showing up is going to be reflected in what he's going to me in 10, 15, 20, 30 years' time.
1: Mm. I love and that. I, I'm, I'm a father too, so I've got two daughters. And my daughters are 12 and 6. And it mm. is one of those unique things, really, that you start looking and you're like, what can I do to really change the next generation? What can I do really to set up that growth to occur with the next generation. And ultimately as a parent, that's the biggest thing right there is you plant the flag and you're building something, you're incorporating something with your kids. And you're like, this is going to be huge because what ideas, what dreams are they going to come across? What are they going to want to accomplish that because of who I was as a parent, who I was as an individual really focused on other people? How many people can I truly impact? But if you think about it, you're able to impact the individuals that you work with, the ones that you speak with. But then what are the individuals going to look like that are impacted by your child? What is that Mm going to look like going forward? And Mm -hmm. so when you think about that, when you're thinking about, man, this legacy that potentially could go three, four, five, six generations deep, Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What what am I creating? What am I planning? Yeah. And so when you think about that, because you said it really didn't click until you had, had your child, and then you're looking and you're like, I can see the neural pathways connecting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. By having your son, having, having him around and having him look, when you now look and think about that legacy How different is that from when you started your career and where you're at now with the speaking engagements, the individuals that you're impacting to now having your son and just seeing things that are connecting and just what he's developing as a baby?
0: Mm. Well, first of all, I learned so much from him and now more even from my stepdaughter. Now that I've got that parental connection From like, oh, this is my seed versus, okay, I'm a guardian responsible. Because my stepdaughter's father, you know, her dad's very active. He wants to speak to all the time. He's not like an absent. He's very actively involved. So my role as a stepdad has been a little bit different to perhaps someone who doesn't have the father figure. It's more like an auxiliary role. And that was my experience. So now coming in, it's like, oh, wow. It's also leveled up how I'm able to connect with her and and how i 'm able to even to support her being raised understanding that there's more to it than just being an auxiliary because i mean for example yesterday she um she had like some some kind of nightmare and you know went to go and and ordinarily I go just check on her Is she okay okay settle her down and you know nobody can get back to sleep whereas now there's a difference. It's like, let me stay with her a bit longer. Make sure she's okay. Make sure she feels some human contact and make sure I really get into a space of love and create a little bubble, bubble of love around her rather than just, okay, my job is to check on her and make sure that she goes back to sleep. No, she's being imprinted in how she's going to grow up and go into the world. The level mm. of love and compassion that she's going to be able to accept from others and therefore going to be able to reflect is being dictated by what she's re- receiving now. When we look at... um have you ever heard that old anecdote about um, the woman that always cuts the ends off of her roast beef? And like her husband's like, "Why do you always cut the ends off the roast beef?" And she goes, oh well, yes, I love it. this one. Yeah, that's yeah. how you make yes. it. Yes. And I'm like, where'd you get that? That's how my mum taught me. And she goes to mum, oh, oh, that's how you make it. Where did you learn? Our oh, grandma. And they go back a couple of generations, and it turns out that the the, the old great grandma, or whatever, who started this tradition of cutting the ends off, only did it because it didn't fit in the oven. Mm. And so four generations or something of of ladies making this roast beef were trimming off the ends, thinking that's how it had to be done. But they were just following the imprint that was given to them. Mm. Generations to come are going to be impacted by what we do today, whether we do it as a father, a leader in the workplace, a teacher or educator. The imprint that we're leaving on these small humans is going to be a part of their unconscious. It's going to lead into the way they see the world, the contribution or what they take from the world. And that's going to impact the, those that impact every single person that we impact creates a new bubble, new ripple, sorry, going into an unknown period of time into the future that is actually having an impact. And this is when I talk about dream with your eyes open, which is my catchphrase, and inviting people to see the unique role that they play in the world. Some will say, well, all I am is oh, I just check, you know, I check food at Trader Joe's. No, you touch lives every day and you actually create that connective tissue for them to be able to feed their family Mm. if you get from a place of love the love within with which you do that packing is going to imprint i know one of my mentors are saying that you know there's a woman who who checks at the the bodega near her home and it's you know five o'clock in the morning six o'clock in the morning that woman's always got a smile on her face and that is actually going and someone would say well she didn't cure cancer you know she didn't do this she didn't do that yeah but the impact and the lives that she's going to touch, that small child that's going to see someone that's happy, just diligently serving others every day. There's magic in that. And I'd love to see more people recognizing the impact that we have with these seemingly small things that we do and the power that we have, even with seemingly small things that we're leaving as a legacy. Everything has the power to it.
2: I love that because one of the things that we talk about all the time is just showing up consistently with persistence right every single day showing up in a big way developing your own presence right is often that itself is a challenge but it's also a rewarding thing for other people right is for you to be yourself and create a platform for others talking about platforms for others you know we're looking at some of the things that you've accomplished, right? And I love your story about the late diagnosis with uh, uh, Asperger's. My son is on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. you know? And so as I look at some of those things, you know, I resonate with, uh, you know, the the depression and suicidal piece because I went from that to business owner entrepreneur as well. And then Mm -hmm. to see like the books and all the things that you're doing and being all over, you know? So it's really incredible to see the journey from somebody who's kind of like walking in a journey to see that other people have done it as well. As you look back kind of maybe on your career, right? Obviously, we have talked about legacy with the family and things like that. But what are some of the things that maybe you would want to highlight or talk about or maybe some of those pivotal moments of maybe failure that were necessary for you to get to where you're at? Because mm-hmm. our goal really is to, to showcase to people that you can literally take an idea and turn mm-hmm. that into passion. And that passion can lead to opportunities as long as you're persistent. Mm. Well,
0: I would say definitely it was hitting rock bottom after losing my second multi-million pound fortune. Because when I hit rock bottom that time, because the first time I was very undeterred. I was young. I hadn't really been tested by life. I was, you know, I think it was 20, 20 years old. So, you know, 20-year-old who's never been tested, not actually faced adversity. When this happens, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm just going to go. I just dusted my shoulders off and I went off and did it again. The second time broke me more because of the circumstances, which is a a much bigger story uh, and perhaps for another time. But really it was the amount of leverage that I gave other people to determining the value that I placed on myself in my life. Mm. For me, suicide was that I've reached the point where I genuinely, it wasn't like this big emotional decision, Patrick, you're gonna understand this because of your son. There's no reactive, impulsive, everything's very mapped out. I sat down and okay, This makes perfect sense. I've got nothing left to offer. And I was gauging that value based on my beliefs about what I thought other people's beliefs and ideas were going to be. Not even the value that I placed on myself. It was the value I placed on my ideas about what other people thought and had to say. And from that point, I said, well, I've got nothing left to add to the world. So the the most efficient thing for me to do is to just end my own life. However, and this is the crazy thing about the whole thing, The only reason why I didn't make an attempt was because I had such little self-confidence, such little belief. I thought I would fail at that. And actually the journey that's led me to where I am today was me going off on a mission to find out how to fix my manifestation so I could successfully commit suicide.
1: That, oh man, that, that, Ooh, that right there is powerful. (laughs) I know Patrick has the same situation where he had those thoughts of what if I can't, Accomplish this? What if I don't go through and it doesn't finish my life? And I think right there, that is a powerful piece of that story of that journey. And then you had talked about going on that journey, trying to figure out okay, let me get in the right mindset to get in to try to accomplish it. Oh man, I I can't speak on that because I've never tried it. Uh, but being around Patrick and hearing, hearing his stories. And just seeing where he's at and then just looking and looking at your resume, Daniel, and just seeing the bio and who you've impacted, who you've been around. It it speaks volumes Um, because, like you said, you're like, "I, I was at a point where I didn't think I had anything else to provide. Like I was just here and there was nothing else for me to provide. But now if you look, because how long ago was that when you were in that mindset? 2008. So 13 years ago, Mm -hmm. and now when you look back, because you said it was part of the journey, when you look Mm -hmm. back, how much of that has been an impact on what you're doing now with the legacy that you're creating with your speaking engagements? Because I know you focus a lot on the money piece for individuals to get their mindset right when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. How much of that of that mindset that journey that you went on how much did that play into what you're doing now and how you're pushing and trying just to get in front of as many people as you can to share your message to share your story to share that mindset piece for people to help them get in the right mindset
0: Mm. so the really interesting thing was that there wasn't a point where i said oh i guess i don't want to commit suicide anymore i choose life that didn't happen What happened was that I positively polluted my mind with so much positive content (laughs) over a period of a couple of years that my internal environment just changed. And what that showed me looking back was that even someone as committed to the intention as I was can have it overridden. That means that anyone who's on a a trajectory of failure, anyone who's looking at and been in a dark time, if you change those inputs the internal environment will change. And no matter what you thought you were moving towards, you're going to start moving towards something else. And for me, it was moving towards choosing life.
2: Mm. Oh, oh man, I love that because it's so true, right? Like for the longest time, for me, a lot of the things that got me through the day-to-day stuff was being able to write, whether it be poetry, creative writing, my emotions. And even years later, when I knew that I'd, didn't want to attempt suicide again but I still could not break away Mm -hmm. from darkness from writing everything that I wrote and then one day I couldn't do it anymore everything was like I don't have those emotions I don't have those ties to that it used to be kind of like my muse to be able to write Mm -hmm. and then now all of a sudden like even now it's so hard to be able to get back into that mentality and everything that I do right now is kind of like in a more positive light or kind of more of a experiment uh experience uh style of of what I've been through but a lot of it ends up more in that positive note or that inspirational feel so it's amazing to know that like I think that puts a lot of times puts us on kind of that frustration level when you're dealing with people to realize that like you know you have so much potential in you that I promise you, I swear to you, that if I can do it, you can too. And I'm sure that you probably experienced that from time to time too. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Because, you know,
0: when you see what it's like to be on the other side of a choice where you are not only ready but committed to moving beyond life, it gives you a completely different perspective on the ups and downs of life. It's not, and it, it, it can drift into judgment and sometimes I have to catch myself on that. It can drift into judgment, like, really? you're This is what you're, like, re- there's death on the other side of, of everything. And, but what's actually ended up happening is that my, my musing instead has been, none of us are getting out of this alive, so there's no point taking it all so seriously. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is the judgment piece you talk about that. I told Scott all the time, when I mm-hmm. catch myself judging, mm-hmm. that's when I go and do my own stuff, my own version mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, and man, that's and, awesome. You know, the way that,
0: I mean, there's so many different angles we can go on this, but without going too far down the rabbit hole, even if we just look at the relationship between our emotional state, the chemistry in our body, our unconscious thoughts and behaviors and how we show up, just the, a rudimentary three-dimensional level, we're going to end up experiencing more of what we're doing. Because what's going to end up happening is is that those behaviors that we're consciously or unconsciously playing out or allowing changes the chemistry in the body, changes what we think, changes the emotional state, changes what we unconsciously move towards, including, because we always look for kindred, that's the community hardwire in our reptilian Mm. brain, we're going to be drawn even at a mental, physical level, not even to talk about the energetics and the frequency, just at that level to more of the same. So we're going to end up finding ourselves in familiar circumstances of judgment because that experience of judgment that we're craving there in that neural pathway is going to be reflected in who we end up moving towards, who we end up around. So what I've always found with myself is that when I start finding judgment coming up from other people, I've got to take a look because it's physically impossible for me to be in the experience of receiving something that I'm not matched to. If we do go up and step to the vibrational frequency, you know, and this is measurable. I'm going to the woo I'm talking about the measurable frequency. Magnetically, we can only experience in our environment things that we are. Now, I like to remind people that what we are doesn't mean that we are that thing. It could be that we're suppressing or pushing it away or resisting it. And it could also mean that we are judging or have thoughts about the opposite. So I'm a good person that has judgments about bad people that's going to bring more bad people into my experience, Mm. right? Because that judgment creates that vibrational connection and allows it to come into our life. And just to quickly speak to the, the thing about me helping people with financial abundance and money, I didn't even really care about that. That's not really what I wanted to do. But what I found is two things. First and foremost, when I was saying to people hey let's use beyond intention let's rewrite your own your life script with the ideal life blueprint and create the life that you want by learning how to have dominion over your emotional state your thought quality uh, the choices that you're making people came on board the second that I said let's use this power to go and make you a millionaire everyone jumped on board <laughs> and then when they came in I was able to say okay uh, now, let's actually do the work that we have to do, which is changing how you're feeling, what you're thinking and what you're doing, and using building attention to navigate that so you can get it. But here's the really cool thing. Now, we've got something measurable that we can use, something tangible that we can measure. If I give you the model for creating your own reality and say, we're going to use it to get from zero to $1,000. If we don't a $1,000, we've got measurement to show that we haven't hit $1,000. We can see, okay, where did we go? We got to 500. Okay, so we're halfway there. Let's do some tweaking. We didn't get anywhere. Let's do some tweaking. We achieved it. Let's celebrate, do some tweaking, and start to take that winning roadmap and put it into your health, put it into your relationships, put it into finding your purpose, put it into your career. So we have a measurable thing that we can use through money. That's what the purpose of the money is, and that's why I harp on about it so much. Number one, because people listen. (laughs) (laughs) But number two, because it gives us something measurable that we can track, and then we can take that winning formula and apply it to the rest of our life.
2: Mm. Mm, man, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. That's so good because what you're really doing is just appealing to people on their level, and then putting it into perspective that then becomes more tangible. Mm-hmm. And to, to the fact that you're that that's how you built it. Really, it's kind of. Kind of on the path that we're on ourselves and you know so it's it's really great affirmation to hear that some of the things that we're doing which is really non-traditional in comparison to a lot of people mm-hmm. so thank you so much for sharing that I have a personal question that I wanted to ask here and, and mm-hmm. again you know at any point in time uh, feel free to deny or deflect any of these at all but like being where you're at seeing and when you look back and, and again you know maybe you have maybe you have maybe you've ever googled yourself you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to kind of see and look back on just some of the things that you've accomplished or maybe to, you know, for me, it's um, creating that timeline, you know, so I'm always writing down my failures, writing down my accomplishments and things like that. What, when you look back at some of those things, what are some of the highlights for you to get to where you are? You know, we talked about kind of the failures, but what are some of those things that you look back and you're just like, it feels so surreal or that you're just so proud of yourself, you know, to be able to highlight some of those things?
0: I would say that the the missteps actually probably do more for me, because that shows me where there's work to do, and that's what creates this, the opportunity for expansion. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely, yes. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Which I think it, it tie, when we look at that now too, because Patrick is real big on he, he's one that we've got a good friend that brought this up. Now it's when you look at this with what you're doing is this theory crafting piece. And I'll let Patrick explain this. So Patrick, go ahead and explain this theory crafting piece here.
2: Yeah, so the thought process, you know, is we know that the, the steps that you've taken to get to where you are now, right? And we know that looking back, that there's a lot of tangibility that you can highlight certain ideas, certain timelines, things like that. But if should something happen to you and your son Ethan, maybe one day he's like listening to this and he's like, man, you know, my dad had talked about maybe Dogecoin or whatever it's out there, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of those things that maybe you haven't had an opportunity to really share Mm -hmm. uh, or some thoughts and processes, uh, you know, like, you know, are we going to Mars? Whatever your thoughts are on anything that's out there to maybe uh, help continue that legacy (laughs) or maybe that uh, somebody who's catching this later on wants to see and be like, you know what? He's really onto something. I would love to be able to explore that a little bit more.
0: Do you know what I would say? It was um, recognising that as much as I know, let me put this another way. Here's something I love to say. I've never seen my own face. Nobody has. We've seen a picture of it. We've seen a reflection. But we've never actually seen our own face as it looks as our own face. I've never seen my back. Hmm. I've never even seen my own butt. (laughs) (laughs) Right? True. So... As someone that's not even seen the entirety of themselves that's here physically, how can I assume that I can see the entire landscape around me? Blind spots and always now being ready to invest in making sure I have the best support watching my six and looking at my blind spots. Being ready to listen to criticism, being ready and enjoying being wrong because it, again, directs me to where I've got space to grow and expand into. Hmm. Losing this idea of needing to be right, humility about being wrong, and constantly, constantly investing in making sure I've got the best people pulling me up to be the best version of myself. I spent $172,000 on my personal development last year, one year. I do my best to read a book a week. It's not been as much now because of Ethan, but I'm I'm getting back up to reading a book a week. When I read those books, I don't rely on my own understanding. I look for advice from people on what books to read. I make sure I get one thing from it. So it's recognizing that I've never even seen myself. Therefore, I'm not going to have seen the whole landscape and having people look and find those blind spots that I'm never even going to know exist and being open to hear what they have to say, especially when I don't like it. I would say, of all of the things that's been a needle mover for me on my journey, that's it.
2: That's awesome. I love it. A lot of collaboration. Um, You know, which is huge, right? Uh, A lot of people underestimate the power of collaboration. Scott and I talk about that all the time. So, thank you so much for that, man. That's a huge piece of advice that a lot of people can take to that uh, I don't think enough people are celebrating and working on. The last bit of our segment here that we want to talk about is just the ability to kind of maybe say thanks or give thanks. You know, a lot of times we get really busy, and so maybe it's hard to go back and just kind of jot down some of those things and again that's one of the things i'm really big on is um remembering the, all the things that i've done throughout the week so is there anybody at this point in time or maybe a, a couple of people that you would like to personally just kind of give thanks to they may not ever hear it but again just for you to to be able to get that out there and anything that's maybe uh, heavy on on your heart
0: i would say one person whose work has really been helping me to navigate. A couple of bumps i've had even this year Been a friend of mine david strickel he's a channel conscious channel he channels a something he calls the stream and there's a concept that the stream communicates through david called appreciation and appreciation invites us to look at the contrast that we experience as we go through our life and to find gratitude in it now i always speak about gratitude about things in advance i talk about transmutation through gratitude But appreciation has been a game changer because here's the thing, even in times when I am right and somebody else is wrong, even in times when I have been aggrieved, by taking appreciation, it allows me to let go of that charge that takes me back to judgment, that takes me back into the energy of being down my spiral and being in a lower vibration, being in a lower mood, being in poor vibe, and to claim back the power that's being sucked by that and to uplift. It allows me to see things, and again, this ties back to you know, looking at the fact that I don't remember what it was like to be four months old or to be five mm. years old. The people that I'm dealing with, they don't remember what it was like to be that time either. They've got no relationship to the period in their life when the neural pathways that lead to whatever grievance that I may feel justified in having now was actually put into play. And so by my just appreciating something about the experience and focusing my energy on that, it allows me to transmute it and move forward expansively on my own terms, not giving my energy to things, i probably got nothing that I can do about anyway.
2: Mm. That's amazing.
0: Scott,
1: I, I think that that's know. a huge one. Yeah, no, I think that's a huge one with just taking on that role and the appreciation, uh, like you've talked about, being able to have that appreciation for people bringing up the blind spots and things that you can't even see and allows you to do that work and allows you to move forward. I think that's huge because a lot of people we'll try to fight or find ways to get around not having people come up and say, Hey, here's a blind spot. Uh, let me not go and look at it and receive it. But I think that appreciation and the gratitude are, are huge things right there. And like you said, it allows you to maintain energy and focus on things that you can control and just keep building and working and being, being a better version of yourself than what you were 10 minutes ago or 10 seconds ago. So I think that's huge it's huge and stuff that people really need to grasp and really understand the the power of gratitude and the the power of having an open mind to receive the criticism and say okay is there something that truly i'm i'm missing or is it somebody else's situation how they view it and are they just pushing something out on their own that they need to fix on their own but it is one of those things that we don't know 100%, so it is the collaboration piece of just having that open mind and building around each other.
0: Yeah, Great.
2: Dana, you know, where's the best place for us to be able to best support you, uh, whether it's buying your books, checking out your website, all of those things? What is the best way for our viewers and listeners to be able to connect with you?
0: Dreamwithdan.com is my website, Dreamwithdan, easy to remember. We are now starting to do go back to doing regularly scheduled uh, live masterclasses and web classes and regular live stream content. For me, I would say this, it's that find something that touches you, whether it's a blog. I do three or four blogs a week on my website, whether it's a podcast episode, I've got a podcast too, whether it's a book. And from a real place of wanting to pay it forward, share it with someone not just share the website. I really only want people to share it if they get something from it, because my work's not going to be for everyone. It's going to be for the people that it's for. But if there's something there that's for you and actually
2: does something for you, then share it with one person. That's all I would ask. Awesome, and Thank you so much. Scott, did you have any personal questions or anything that you wanted to ask, Dan?
1: Uh, no, ultimately, I'm just appreciative of Daniel taking us up, up on the opportunity. Like I said, when I started this, George Duvalis is a great friend of ours. We've had some sit downs with him and his energy and just who he is. Very grateful. But ultimately, I'm grateful that just through the the simple reach out through Facebook and just asking if you'd like to join us on here, I'm just grateful that you did give us the opportunity that you did give us your time, especially because this is something that like Like I said, we're just, we're getting ready to launch this. And so it's nothing out there yet, but I'm just grateful that you're like, yep, I will come and join you guys. And just to give that value and that perspective, I think it's huge because there's a lot that you were able to share that just one or two pieces somebody can walk away with and really make a huge change in their life if they really do listen and have an open mind.
0: Well, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate you trusting me to come and share time with you and with your audience and thank you for the opportunity to to serve it means a lot to me and big love back to uh, Papa G as well for making trip. yeah
2: Appreciate absolutely it. thank you again for everything your time and you know if, if you don't you know, if it's possible we would love to to support so we're going to check out the website and see where we may benefit uh we're going to order some books as well is it possible for us to have those books maybe signed directly from you
0: It's gonna be a bit tricky because i live down in mexico and the books are printed in the u.s but But we'll work out something don't worry what maybe we'll get you a couple we'll get you some certified dreamer teams or something like that
2: okay okay awesome thank Thank you again for your time daniel appreciate it you too